In today's show, we're looking at second-year players for fantasy basketball. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free, and we are available on all platforms. I just realized that I got confused in the middle of that read because I said antibiotics, because that's what I say. And I know Americans will call it antibiotics. So apologies for the mistranslation there, that um, I say antibiotics, because that's how I say it, and that's how it's said in this country, and I was a medical professional for years and years and years. Uh, but I know you guys say anti, antibiotics. There you go. I hope that translation came through. We're talking second-year players. Last week, I think it was, maybe it was a week before, we talked about rookies and their unlikeliness to succeed in fantasy. You get a couple. You get three to four of them usually. Three on a bad year, like last year. Five on a good year, like this year that are stable top 120 players or end the season with a top 120 rank. Second year guys is a little bit different. You get the guys more used to the NBA, a role pushes forward. And one thing you're going to notice when you look at these second year guys is how how few minutes a lot of them played. And that should push up pretty dramatically. Now, usually the biggest jump you get is either year two to year, year, two to year three or year three to year four. But well, actually, that's not true. You get a big jump year one to year two, but you get the jump into being actually a good player between two to three or three to four. So you're going to get a lot of guys who move into more rosterable standard league status, but the likelihood of these guys becoming top 40 players is probably a year or two away. So we're going to look at those guys for points leagues, for head-to-head leagues, um, and we might as well just cover it right now. So what do you think, Warney? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start in Utah. With the big man in the middle, I am doing this uh, in the order of the way they are ranked over on Yahoo. And I know, yes, Yahoo did have a ranking update. There is going to be a show probably tomorrow. I'm thinking about uh, looking at some of those, not necessarily changes, but just looking at some sleepers in general over on Yahoo. That's probably coming tomorrow. We're looking at, and then don't, hey, also don't forget, Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl entries will begin over the weekend. Stay tuned for the team preview podcasts over the weekend for entries into the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. Walker Kessler is the number one ranked rookie over on Yahoo at the moment. Last season, he played only 23 minutes a game, and he was still 108th in Yahoo Points Leagues, 27.91 points, 71st in head-to-head rankings in 23 minutes. Now, I feel really confident he's playing more than 23 minutes. The arrival of John Collins is there, like it happened. That's another name into the front court. Last season, it was Markinen, Alinek, Kessler, and earlier in the season, it was Vanderbilt. 
Collins is going to demand more minutes than what Vanderbilt did. But I think Linux is going to lose out there. I don't think there's any way that Kessler's playing 23 minutes only. He might not play 35. In fact, he almost definitely won't. But he's going to play more than this. He's ranked at 48 on Yahoo with an ADP of 42. ESPN's got him... I don't really understand what's going on over there. His ADP is 109. His category league rank is 47. His points league rank is 107. So ESPN's gone, all right, we looked at what he did last season in points. We think it'll be worse. When we're drafting, we think he's going to be worse than last season. And we're not paying any attention to the head-to-head ranks, which are probably a little bit too high for me. I think he's, again, he's a real specialist. He's a blocks guy. He'll probably lead the league in blocks, I think. He's a blocks guy. He's a field goal guy. He's a rebound guy. But he hurts you in a lot of other areas, or he's pretty poor in a lot of other areas, including free throw percentage. So I think he's more of a guy, you can see with my Durant metric there, I, I don't have him in that area of the top 50. I've got him more in the 65 to 85 sort of a range, 70 to 90 sort of an area, um, which I think is probably more fair. He's going to go higher than that. I, I've got no doubt about that. And you know, when you want to look for a guy getting two blocks a game, there are going to be other options available a little bit later. So maybe reaching up that high for Kessler isn't, uh, I, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't be going. There are people who go round two for him. No chance I would do that. I wouldn't go round three. Round four, probably wouldn't. I'd consider round five, depending on how my team is looking. But I think there's a risk of, he's one of the main culprits, really, of the distribution of blocks overinflating his overall value, making him appear better than he actually is. I hope all that makes sense. It should, if you've been following me for the last couple of weeks. Let's go to the next guy. We go to Oklahoma City. Broncos country, let's ride. It is the Bronco. It is Jalen Williams, who only played 30 minutes a night last season as well. He averaged 28.3 fantasy points. That put him 104th in fantasy points leagues. He was 99th in head-to-head rankings. He was obviously much higher than that second half, the same as Kessler was. Much, much higher. He is ranked, I think, fairly 59th on Yahoo with an ADP of 62. ESPN's got him ranked 55th, but for some godforsaken reason, he's got 118 ADP. He's ranked 112th in points. He's again, they're expecting him to be worse than he was last season. Worse. Worse. Come on. Come on. Seriously. I think that the easiest argument is, well, he's playing more than 30 minutes a night. That's it. He's going to play 33. Done. He's going to be better than that. Now, it is going to be hard for him to improve on the steal numbers and even improve on the second half efficiency numbers. But the second half efficiency numbers weren't the full season efficiency numbers. So there's still a chance that he improves his overall season efficiency, um, not just what he did at the end of the season. Durant has him ranked in the 70 to 90 range, which is sort of you know, around that where Yahoo's got him. I do think that there's maybe less upside for him to grow usage-wise on this team. I'm not saying he can't get better. He can. He can obviously improve the full season efficiency stuff, but I'm not sure he's going to be able to go full big usage bump this season. I, I don't, I'm not confident with that. So I'm probably pushing a little bit behind him versus where his ADP and rank currently sits. Not that that's a bad thing. And we all know the further down a rank board you get, the differences between players gets narrower. So you know, a guy that might be 60th, he's also could be appropriate at 50 or at 85. The differences become smaller. The range of players in those groups become larger. And that's just a common thing across all of fantasy. The striation is smaller. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. 
What Jace Medical does gives you the Jace case. It provides you five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. And all it does, or to get it, all you do to get this Jace case, you fill out the simple online form. And then in some of the cases, you jump on a quick call with one of their board certified physicians and you get ongoing care from a physician or on any treatment related questions. That's Jace is doctor created. It is doctor recommended as well. And we know that there are certain things that can happen, whether it is supply chain issues, it is a pandemic, um, it is uh, natural disasters that keep you isolated from being able to get out of your house for medical treatment. Sometimes having these things at home can be lifesavers. You got them there, you use them, you're talking to your doctor on the phone and you get it sorted versus trying to get the supplies in. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides those five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind. So you're not just hoping that you've got access to medication in an emergency. You've got the medication on hand and then you go from there. They give you the online evaluation, you get licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. You save more than $360 as well by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. And the promo code is Locked On. Let's go across now to our Orlando Magic. Paolo Banquero. There would be plenty of people who would tell you that Paolo was a failure from a fantasy perspective last season. And that's going to a lot depend on your perspective because in points leagues, he ranked 57th. That actually beat his ADP. He averaged 35.2 fantasy points. Pretty bloody good. Now, in category leagues, I know there were some real problems. Bad field goals, bad free throws. He had a month where he shot 8% from three, I believe it was. Or maybe it was nine when he had a wrist nerve issue. His head-to-head ranking was 126th. He played 34 minutes a night. So one thing you look at there, unlike Kessler, unlike Williams, there's little scope for him to improve his minutes. But he can improve that efficiency. He can improve the defensive stats. That's possible too. Yahoo's got him ranked 59th, with an, uh, sorry, 65th with an ADP of 59. It's hard to judge again because Yahoo doesn't separate ADPs or ranks based on league type. So that's 100% reasonable in a points league. Totally reasonable. I'd argue it's close to reasonable in the category league. It's probably a little high, but it's not that bad. Whereas ESPN's a little bit all over the place. He's ADP 79. Huge bargain in points leagues, I think. He's rank on uh, points league 63. Cool. And his rank on uh, categories is 82. Actually, I think it's pretty good. Durant's got him between 60 and 80. The difference between him being, as some people would call him, an unrosterable nine-category guy, which of course is clear nonsense, and being a top 40 player which is legitimately in the scopes of outcomes, is just being a 46% shooter and being like a 76% guy from the line. Is he going to do it this year? I would think it's probably more year four, year year three, year four, that he takes those levels up. But I do think he can do it. Or can he ever average a block and a steal instead of 0.6 and 0.6? He He probably can do that. Probably doesn't come this season. I don't think any of their draftees like Howard or Black, or signing Ingles means that the ball comes out of his hands at all. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's a real chance at a top 50 category league finish. No, sorry, points league finish. And I think he's going to improve from a category league perspective. But the problem is, is the way that he gets ranked and drafted is it is based on points league. So there isn't actually any bonus there or any value that you're getting in a category league. Now, if your category league uh, teammates, teammates um, opposing managers, are just staunchly rankings uh, addicts, well, actually, Paolo was 230th at the end of last season. If they think that, 
then they'll all let him slide. And if you get him at 100, it's a gigantic, it's a win. It's a massive W. But who knows what people are going to do. Are they going to be swayed by the rank list? Are they going to be swayed by an ADP? I'm not sure. I do expect, as happens nearly with every rookie, nearly, big improvements. The fear is that he's that he is RJ Barrett and the percentages never improve and he never gets defensive stats. I don't think that's him, but we'll find out. Let's look at the passport legend, Jalen Duran. Another player who just didn't play that much. Under 25 minutes a game. He was still 140th in points leagues, averaging 25 fantasy points. 131st in category leagues. And I know the worry is that uh, Marvin Bagley III and Marvin Bagley IV are still in Detroit. I I was going to say they would be stupid to do anything to jeopardize Duran, but they are stupid. So that that is a risk, that they are stupid. And they stupidly did it last season by either playing Duran and Wiseman together or starting Wiseman over Duran. Again, one of the dumbest things you could possibly do. But I do have a level of faith that Monty Williams is going to not be insane and play Bagley or Wiseman ahead of Duran or cut into Duran's minutes. Now, I don't think Duran, again, is playing 35 minutes a night. It just isn't likely. But he should get 28 to 29. I feel really comfortable with that. Yahoo's got him ranked 94th with an ADP of 106. Totally fair. ESPN's got him at 138 for points leagues. Sorry, 144 for points leagues with an ADP of 138. And he's actually unranked. Sorry, let me try that again. He's ranked 144 for category leagues with an ADP of 138. And he's unranked on points leagues, which all of that, all of that is ludicrous. Unranked outside the top 150 for points leagues. Come on. He was 140th last season. That is, uh, that is ridiculous. Um, 144th in category leagues. Come on. He's going to be better than that. Huge, huge steal potential here for Duran in drafts on ESPN. Durant has him between 80 and 100, which sort of fits in with where he's being drafted. I He was pretty low in blocks last season. I, I don't believe that he's that low of a blocks guy. He's a pretty high blocks guy at Memphis. He is an athletic rim protector. I think he's got a little bit of upside in passing and in steals. Watch that. I don't think he's ever going to shoot and he's never going to be a high, high usage player. But I, I do think he's a bloody young man. He's still 19. He's not 20 until December. I think he's got plenty of scope to smash through, especially those EDP numbers, but even beat those uh, Yahoo numbers. Let's go to Charlotte. Oh, hi, Mark. Mark Williams played 19 minutes a game because a quick reminder, Stephen Clifford hates rookies. Hates him. Hates him. Won't play him. Refuses to play him. Third string center we're looking at here. He was their third string center. Eventually he was their starter, but he hates him. Watch Brandon Miller this year. He hates him. 19 minutes a game. Easily gets 10, sorry, could easily get 10 plus minutes onto that this season. Even in 19 minutes a game. He averaged 22 fantasy points. He was 170th in points leagues. He was 142nd in category leagues. Yahoo just did a huge update to their ranks. He was, because someone paid no attention, ranked in the 300s, which of course, there's no justifiable reason for. You cannot justify it at all. You can't. It's impossible to do. Anyone wants to justify it, argue with me. Fight me. Drop it in the comments. You can't. But they've updated him to 95, which is totally reasonable. Now, you'll see that big discrepancy in his ADP where it sits at 134. That's because he was ranked at 300th. So many drafts, he didn't get drafted at all. And other ones, people were grabbing him in the last round. 
you're not going to be able to do that as much anymore. ESPN's got him at 148 EP, 137 rank for category leagues, nonsense, and unranked in points leagues. You know what? Also, nonsense. Durant's got him between 60 and 80. I've got a pretty good feeling about him. They didn't play really any small ball at all last season with PJ Washington. Now, I think they'll play a little bit more this season because Miles Bridges is back. But they're not going to play... PJ's six foot eight. They're not going to play tons of it. And Williams will still get the bulk of the minutes. I don't think we're seeing a 22-minute Williams, 22-minute Nick Richards situation, and then PJ gets the rest. I don't think that's the case. I don't think, again, I don't think Mark's playing 33, but I think he's pretty fairly established as their center. And he's going to get 25-plus minutes. And all he needs to do to beat last year's minutes is play 20. Not hard to do. Shouldn't be hard to do. We hope it's not hard to do. Prayers up for Steve Clifford. Let's go to Houston. Ah, Smitty. Jabari was the 124th ranked player in points leagues. He played 31 minutes. He's got maybe a couple more in him, but I'll talk about it in a second. 124th in points leagues, 144, 48th in head-to-head leagues. He struggled quite a bit. The shot just didn't fall. The steal numbers, which were so prevalent in college, didn't materialize. He did improve a lot as the season went on. He still rebounded the ball well. He still had some good shot block numbers. He looked much better down the stretch, but the efficiency was in the toilet. Now, how does a new coach who's a real coach impact him? It could be a positive. He could get better shots. They could actually run a single play for him. That would be nice. We'll see whether they do that. But also, he just, as a second-year player, probably the shots go in more. The, the risk is he's trying to find all the minutes. I think he's going to start. But what if Tari Eason outplays him like he did last season? What if Shengun dominates and they want Eason and Shengun to play together? I think that's less likely than playing Eason and Smith together. And Shengun's more likely to miss out. But who knows? Shengun was this team's best player last season. So there is a risk here. Yahoo's got him at 107 with an ADP of 93. So people are reaching up for Jabari. ESPN's got him ranked 115th with an ADP of 132. So still a little bit of value there. He could very easily, like he has got the upside, like ahead of a Duran, ahead of a Mark Williams, to push into a top 60 player. It is it is possible for him. So I do love taking him late. But the balance of all probabilities with him would suggest he's probably not going to get there, but they've still got a higher chance of getting there than one of those other guys, even though their median outcome is probably a little safer. Durant's got him between 100 and 120. It's in that round nine, round 10 sort of range. Maybe round eight if you wanted to, which is okay. And I think he's got the upside to push top 60, top 50. I think he can do that. I don't think he will, but I think he can. Let's look at Shaden Sharp, whose numbers last season don't tell much of the story. 16.5 fantasy points per game. That was barely top 250. He was barely top 300 in head-to-head leagues. And it's not like he played no minutes. He played 22 a night. That's more than Mark Williams. He played 22 a night. He really started to thrive at the end of the season when nobody played. Jeremy Grant, Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, Yusuf Nurkic, they were all out. And Sharp, who nary gathered a single assist before that, started getting four a game and averaging good scoring and did it with good efficiency until he became too good and they shut him down. Now the uncertainty remains around what happens with Lillard and there's Simons and there's Scooter Anderson. Where the hell does Sharp fit in? Yahoo's got him ranked 111th with an ADP of 105. Actually, think that's totally fine. He probably does have room to grow from there, but even if Lillard is traded, it's not just, well, everything's qu- quickly open for him because, as I said, Scoot and Simons are there. I worry that 
unless everyone clears out of the way, Sharp would never get enough assists or enough defensive numbers or enough touches to be a top 50, top 60 player. ESPN's got him 134, ranked 139 ADP. Probably a little bit late, but I don't dislike that one that much. Durant's got him in the 100 to 120 range. Again, a later sort of round player. We'll go to uh, Sacramento now and we'll look at so I think this has got to be his new name. Uh, rook, all-time rookie, three-point leader, Keegan Murray, who played 30 minutes a night last season and was the 166th ranked player in points leagues, averaging just under 23 points per game. And there are a couple of things to look at here. Yeah, look, he's 152nd in head-to-head leagues. He was a, a part, a starting player on a playoff team, a third seed in the West. That's really encouraging. He just didn't do anything, though. I know that he hit a lot of threes, but he didn't do anything. And while we can look at the 30 minutes a night and suggest that that can bump up, and I do think it will, Sasha Vesenkov is in on this team now. Not to say he's going to take minutes away from Murray, but everyone else is back. The same guys that kept him as a 14% usage player last season are back, plus you're adding a former EuroLeague MVP in Vesenkov. So... While I do think that he will push ahead of Harrison Barnes and probably should push ahead of Kevin Herter, and there's no guarantee of that. The reason he played 30 minutes a night was because he would just get benched. He'd miss his first two shots and then he wouldn't play again for the rest of the game. Or he hit his, hit his first five and then he played 33 a night. It was all over the place. He needs to start doing something steals and blocks-wise. He needs usage. All that needs to happen. But I, I think the rankings for him at the moment are fair. 116th on Yahoo with an ADP of 108. ESPN's got him in the 130s right across the board. Durant's got him between 90 and 110. I think that's all fair. I don't foresee a gigantic breakup because at best, he is third offensive option. And honestly, last season, he was sixth, even though there's only five starters because Malik Monk would come in and take way more shots. So he's got a fair ladder to climb up. Hits a lot of threes. Didn't do anything else. So I'd warn against reaching too high, but I don't think that's going to be a problem given where the rankings for him sit. So I think he's actually a really strong later round pick. Let's go back to Detroit and have a look at Jaden Ivey, who you wouldn't believe this. I, I, honestly, I don't think you'd believe this. He was the second highest ranked rookie in fantasy points leagues last season. Averaged 28.74. He played 31 minutes a night. So there's probably marginal scope to improve there. Maybe, maybe not. There's probably some scope to improve. He was 150 in category leagues. But the way he's been ranked doesn't reflect this anywhere. And I think there's reasons for this. It's part of why you can't just look at last season's numbers and just pour them across and expect that to be real. So much changes. Usually in a top 150, 50 guys will come in, 50 guys will go out each season. He's 136th ranked on Yahoo with an ADP of 130. ESPN's got him 142, unranked in points leagues, which is I think is pretty crazy. Durant's got him between 140 and 160. Why? Because a lot of the damage that he did, or all the damage he did, was when Cade Cunningham was out and then ramped it up when Boyan Bogdanovich and Isaiah Stewart started sitting with fake uh, injuries towards the, uh, towards the end of the season. Fake, 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 fake. So how does he coexist next to Cade, next to Boyan, playing with Asar. Does he handle the ball enough? Does his shooting improve enough? I think he's great to pick in the last three rounds. I love picking him there. But 
I wouldn't be surprised if, say, that 29 fantasy points if he doesn't hit that again because he did thrive when he had the ball in his hands, when he wasn't playing next to Kane, and then later on when they took Killian Hayes out of the lineup. He played better from a fantasy perspective. And the opportunities to do that this season, I feel like, are going to be reduced. Back to Houston. Is it Tari regular season? We know it was Tari preseason. And then, of course, he did nothing in the regular season. And then he became Tari tank season when some guys were out and traded away. But can he do it when things are real? Can he do it for a new coach? He was 171st last season in points leagues, 22 points a game, 167th in head-to-head leagues. He played under 22 minutes. There is plenty of scope for that to improve, but he doesn't have a starting spot. He's behind Dylan Brooks, Jabari Smith. He's behind them. I think the expected either suspension or waiving of Kevin Porter helps him. Why? Kevin Porter's a point guard, Josh. Tyree Eason's a power forward. Yeah, this is what will happen. Because Porter wouldn't have played every one of his minutes at point guard. Because if he did, that would mean he would play 12 minutes a night behind Fred Van Vliet's 36. Porter would play minutes behind Fred Van Vliet. He would play minutes behind Jalen Green. He would play minutes behind Dylan Brooks. So you take all those minutes away. Let's say Porter's 30 minutes away. That means that someone like Brooks will play the three. And then he'll also play the two in certain lineups. Amen Thompson would have got some minutes at the one, two, and the three. But without Porter, Amen probably plays more at the one and the two. And that means that you get more opportunities for Eason to play at the three, giving him a couple of extra minutes there. So that does overall help if we, as we expect, Kevin Porter probably doesn't play this season. We hope ever, but he probably doesn't play this season. So there is opportunity there. We know he's a dynamic steals guy, a great blocks player. A crazy rebounder. We do have to make sure he gets enough minutes, though. Yahoo's got him ranked 147. It is an absolutely electric last-round pick. You have to do it. He can't go undrafted in any draft. ESPN's got him ranked 154, unranked in points leagues, 140 ADP. Got to go last round. Durant's got him 120 to 140. The way that he pushes to 30 is if Yudoka doesn't like Shengun and wants Jabari Smith at the five and Eason at the four. And Eason plays 28 a night. He'd probably be top 100 player in that scenario. You got to take, if you want to take him in round 11, again, I would consider round 11, round 12, round 13 of a snake draft, all 100% identical. If it's a guy that you want to get in the last round as a flyer, take him in round 11. Who cares? It doesn't matter. What you want to do is you want to hit 50 plus spots upside. Yeah, best case. You want to hit those ones. And if they don't work out, you turf them. So round 11 is round 13. Consider them the same. If you're in an auction draft and all those players, the last 40 guys are $1 players, well, it's the same shit in snake drafts. But we just get absolutely anchored to ordinality. And we shouldn't. Let's go to Indiana. People thought this guy was challenging for rookie of the year at the start of the season. Oh, mate, Benedict Matherin. He didn't even play 29 minutes a game. For fantasy, he was relatively poor. Despite playing 29 minutes a game, only got 24 fantasy points. That was 141st. That's okay. But category leagues, barely top 200. Because he doesn't do much. He scored okay. He got to line a ton, but nothing else. It is still a little crowded there. Buddy Heald is still there. They brought in Bruce Brown. 
Andrew Nempard is still there. It does appear that Matherin will start, so those 29 minutes should push up. But honestly, if the Pacers actually want to be better this season, their best option is having healed in there. So we'll see what happens to Ben. And the other thing he needs to do is, A, he needs to hit shots, because he didn't. He needs to find a pass maybe once every three games that he wants to make and do something defensively. He doesn't do any of those things. Could he develop into a number one scorer on that starting group where there's Brown, Halliburton, probably Toppin and Turner? Yeah, really easily. None of those guys are super high usage players. So that bumps him up. And Yahoo's got him ranked 148. Again, take him round 11. I love getting him that late because there is clear upside there. But man, there's a lot of things that need to change still. Durant's got him in the 130 to 150 range. ESPN's got him ranked 119th, which I think is totally reasonable. Unranked in points leagues is totally unreasonable, but that's where it is. And his ADP's at 137. So much like you're taking a Tari Eason or a Jaden Ivey, these guys who have cases to push higher, you do it. You very clearly do it. Like versus taking Harrison Barnes, who's got absolutely zero upside. The last guy we're going to talk about in detail here. Zohan, now! It is Jeremy Sohan of the San Antonio Spurs. I have no idea whether Jeremy Sohan is going to start or not. Somebody needs to move out of that starting lineup. And it is not going to be Devin Vassell. It is not going to be Victor Wembanyama, And it is not going to be Zach Collins. It's going to be one of Sohan, Trey Jones, or Keldon Johnson. One of those guys is moving out of the starting lineup. I don't know who it is. Sohan was 165th last season. He started last season. He played 26 minutes a night. So there's plenty of room to that to improve. Even if he is a sixth man, that can improve. 233 in head-to-head, 165th in points leagues. His rank on Yahoo is obviously someone didn't pay attention. It's 345th. Now, you might not be a big fan of Sohan, but you're lying if you think he's 345th. His ADP is 140, the same as over on ESPN. We've got him ranked 152. I've got him in the 120 to 140 range. So again, a perfect late round guy. I think he will start. I think there will be some issues sometimes with some of his um, efficiency numbers or his counting stats. That can happen. But I still think that he is a player that showed immense potential and actually fits pretty nicely next to Wembenyama and Vassell. But we'll find out what they do. There are some that call for him to be the starting point guard. I don't, much like I don't think Scotty Barnes can handle that role full-time for Toronto, I don't think Sohan can handle that role here either. But we'll see what they do. The other guys that are probably worth a just a sneaky quick mention um, as second-year second players, Andrew Nempard, well, I think it's going to be really hard for him. More minutes for Matherin, more of the arrival of Bruce Brown, the departure of nobody from that backcourt means he's probably going to play fewer minutes. Christian Brown is going to see a big jump up because he's going to have to fill Bruce Brown's role. I don't think he's a starting uh, a 12-team league player. AJ Griffin could have had an opportunity, but I think they're still going to play Sadiq Bay over him. So he's a backup still, Griffin. Um, watch him. He'll be an interesting streamer. There's Jaden Hardy, who I would have loved if Kyrie had have gone. But at the moment, there's still Kyrie. There's Luca. There's Tim Hardaway. Hardy should play more regularly, but don't think it's going to be a huge, huge role. Um, Agbaji, I, yeah, I don't really think he's a good fantasy player and he needs a lot of players out and a lot of the ball in his hands to be successful. And that's not going to be the case. I, I don't think he's going to start. But if we do hear that he is starting, sure, last round pick. Then you've got guys like Malachi Branham, too many players in front of him. The uh, the pig, Jalen Williams, I don't think that you know, he's not going to play enough. Um, Dyson Daniels, yes, the absence of Murphy opens things up, but that's not enough for Daniels to be drafted. Um, Julian Champagny, I wish they would give more minutes to, but it's probably a little bit crowded. Uh, Nikola Jovic, 
maybe he plays a little bit more. He did do, did pretty well over at the World Cup, but I, I don't think that means he's a draftable player in fantasy. Then there's guys like um, Peyton Watson, who I think is going to play a sizable role, but not enough for 12 or 14-team leagues. Jake LaRavia might actually start early on in the season with Jar out. Watch that one. And then guys like Max Christie, Johnny Davis, Usman Jeng, who barely played as rookies, might be able to push themselves into regular rotation roles. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, I think you know what to do. You thumb it up and you leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.